We can't do a bit. We do not have time for a bit right now. <laughs> Come on. I know we're about to get into it. Real it in. Just one bit. Hello and welcome back to the Her Life Blogcast. This is a very special episode because we got a birthday in the house. Happy birthday to Kevin Verga. Yeah, happy birthday, Kevin. I feel like I really slipped into a radio voice there and I liked it. And I mm-hmm. hope that you're having a good birthday week. Can you hear the dog? Yeah. Not really. <laughs> She's also wishing Kevin a happy birthday. Yeah. I'm happy that you guys are here today. We got Spoldy in the studio in the Zoom room. We got Virga, Kevin V. Spold in the studio, which may be a forthcoming radio show. Possibly. Like, honestly, I like the ring. It rolled I'll take the it. And I felt good about it. We have a lot to get into today, and I'm going to kick us off. Um, this is a celebratory tone to the whole episode. One, Kevin's birthday. Two, we're still on the festive Easter hype. Who doesn't love to celebrate a resurrection? But I have another resurrection of sorts that I would like to call your attention to today um, to lead us into our Her Reflections of the Week. Would you guys like to hear it? Is that what the R is for? Resurrection this week? Oh, <laughs> I'm well, also yeah, like happy, H, about this resurrection. This is a resurrection of a love connection that happened in my DMs over the Easter holiday. There is nothing like a holiday to get the fire emojis popping in my experience. And that is what I love about life. So let me tell you something. One of my former love interests of the past reached out to me via DM on Easter Sunday and we exchanged a few messages. And then he said, Hey, looks like the blog is doing really well. The podcast is doing great. Like, are you signed? Homeboy assumed that your girl had a deal. And I like that assumption. And I think we're manifesting it. So I'm very happy about that. Yeah. And I think that I just got to give this person kudos for their message because I think there was a, some business innuendo in there. And that he's saying, are you signed in terms of your business? But are you signed in terms of have you made a deal with another person relationship oh, good, wise? Good one, Kev. So he's good like, you know, what's the commitment level here? Are you... Are you signed? delivered? Exactly. I like okay. that. Okay. Yeah. Well, whew, I do still have a crush on him. I think I will forever. Made me excited and happy. But again, more so about the message, both message, all messages. I'm very happy. Happy Easter, happy fire emoji, happy podcast. All right. Uh, Emma, what are we energized about lately, sister? Sure. So I took this quite literally. I've been working out consistently and I for the first time in a year, went to a group exercise class. It was very safe. They're taking the necessary precautions. So I feel good going there. And it feels so good just to like do that workout. And like, I'm always like slugging to get there because it's like early morning, like, oh, Mm. but then afterwards, I feel like I can take on the world and I feel more energized during the day. I can get my work done. I feel more focused. I feel physically energized. Endorphins, baby. E for endorphins. I love that for you, Spalls. Proud of you. I also want to shout out, Emma, you sent me good uh, yoga videos and I did the happy hips today. (laughs) That was bonkers. I was doing all sorts of like the lotus pose and mermaid pose. I've never felt more like a mermaid. And I really do. I felt energized for the rest of the day. Like I felt really happy. So thank you for that. Rachel, one of the comments on this happy hips video is 
this was so good. And I feel like my entire body was wrung out like a rag being washed in a river by a sturdy peasant woman in a bonnet, which is the ultimate sign of a good stretch. Thank you. That is a ringing endorsement is what that is. That is great. <laughs> I <wrote> wow. That. <laughs> Energized just thinking about it. All right, Kevin, it's your time to shine. What have you realized lately? I'll also go off a little bit of the exercise okay. action. So there's a lot to realize in a year. You know, this is almost my birthday. So we're reflecting on a year past April 7th. And it's a lot to realize. So this is my most recent realization, which comes an hour before we start recording. So classic Nike Run Club Headspace Duo Run, Breaking Through Barriers. All right. So we're breaking through barriers. We're discussing barriers, how we spot them how we get over them. It's really great. And I really like this thing that Coach Bennett brings up is that he's like, Andy, there's all different kinds of barriers. How do we get over them? How do we get through them? How do we go under them? Finding these different keys to get over different barriers, but instead just to changing our approach to like seeing barriers. And I really like that. Changing your approach and be- seeing them as opportunities. But that seems a little like too too easy just to say oh you don't like barriers well how have you tried liking barriers like that's not enough so i like what coach bennett adds at the end which is that when we come across barriers whether it's in a run or in real life it means we're moving which i really like and that's kind of a moment to come and be present and realize that your life is moving so i'm coming to the point where i'm about to turn 24 my life is moving and after a year where it really feels like it came to a standstill. But I really like that. So life is moving. We're going to come across barriers and we got to be ready for those barriers. I think that's And that's my realization. Beautiful. I Thank love you. that. I'm telling you what. I like to think that in the face of celebrity, I could hold my own and be cool around most people. Coach Bennett is not one of those people. I think I would lose my mind if I met him just because I he's... I, I don't know what to say. I respect him a lot. And he makes, I think he would make me flustered. Yeah. Like he has really made me get through this quarantine. There's been some pretty, there's been barriers. Let's just say there's been barriers and there's been runs that have been very emotional. And the words that those two people have used have really helped me a lot grow and also just find some solace in a really tough year through barriers. Yeah. So thank you, Coach Bennett. Yeah. A great realization. We're going to send this to Coach Bennett. I'm going to email it to him. You can't stop me. I love that. You have his email? Um, I can find it. CoachB <laughs> at gmail.com. It's, it's probably that. It's like Nike Coach B. I don't know. Okay. We we have another very important segment to get into, and I'm like bursting at the seams. I can't wait to talk, but I don't want to go first because I want my excitement to build. So I'm gonna who wants to who wants to go? What's the segment? Oh, sorry. Spin of the week. <laughs> I know. I was like, wait, I don't know what. Sorry. I just, I jumped right ahead because I like knew I wanted to talk about I think it shows yeah, how kinda... excited you are. Sorry. <laughs> I feel so silly. Okay. Spin of the week. Who wants to go first? Emma, go. I shall go. In honor of tonight. The night we're recording, not the night it comes out. Yes. The national championship for men's college basketball. So collectively as a whole, I know I did this the last time, but you know how much I love my March Madness, both women's and 
Man, oh my goodness. Anyway, the whole Gonzaga basketball team. My goodness. It's just the way they play. They have so much swag and confidence and poise. It's just beautiful to watch. And I can't get over their white socks and white sneakers. I don't know. They look great. Very professional looking. And kudos to them. They're going to have an undefeated season. I can sense it. I can feel it. I put down Baylor as my winning team. That was a mistake by me because I think Gonzaga is going to win. And if you didn't see that half-court shot the other day, highly suggest you go see it. Wow. Swing of the week. Yeah. That was one of the greatest games I've ever watched in my life. It was so good. It was so good. Wow. That was a great swing. Kevin, do you want to go or do you want me to go? Because I do have a related pick. You got to you gotta go. You're bursting at the seams. My pick also has to do with collegiate basketball. And I'm really excited to share it with you guys. My swoot of the week is Kyle Neptune, who is out of this world. Because his last name is Neptune. Moving on. He, I have, I've researched a lot about him, but I'll start by just saying He's a handsome guy. It was striking to me. I think it was striking to a lot of people, notably a younger guy. I think he's going to bring good energy to Florida men's basketball, a program which, shocker, not shocker, hasn't been doing so great lately, despite the hotties on the team. A hottie in the coaching role? This could shift everything up. That's not the point. Let me tell you a little bit about his background. So, Kyle was formerly the longest tenured Villanova assistant coach in program history that we talked about last time as well. An impressive program. So that's cool. And now he was recently named Florida men's basketball head coach. Go freaking Rams. I'm literally so excited. I have a quote from the Villanova head coach, Jay Wright, that I'd like to highlight for you guys to give you guys the vibe of our new coach. During his time at Villanova, Kyle has demonstrated all the qualities you want to see in a young coach, commitment, passion, and the ability to communicate with young people. What sticks out to me about that quote? Those are all the things I'm looking for in a husband. So this is really like lots of things are like aligning for me right now. And I'm just saying this is meaningful to me personally. Also, you guys know that I have like strong ties to the Florida men's basketball team. We've talked about it on the show, but I think me becoming an adult, this is symbolic because like I'm benching my crushes on the players and I'm advancing up to the coaching staff, which I think is significant. And I will also say that there's more than just one handsome coach on this coaching staff. Okay. Let me circle back to some more facts about Kyle. (laughs) Kyle. I feel the same way about the name Kyle as I do the name Josh. Like I just like nothing can go wrong if you're a Kyle or Josh. Like I can't. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) He is a Brooklyn native. And so he seems very happy to be back in New York uh, playing the sport or coaching now the sport that he loves. I don't know. He doesn't seem married as far as I can tell on Instagram. I've been trying to dig a little bit. Did he follow me back? No, but I don't think it would be good if he did. Like I have to work a little harder. I don't think I earned the follow just yet. I think after this, we're sitting a little prettier for that. Something else though, the last thing I want to say that I noticed about his Instagram when I was doing my Instagram, I'm not going to say stock, but I'm going to say research because this is, you know, well-researched show we put on. Somebody else that we have featured as a swoon of the week is also following Kyle Neptune. And I just think that's so crazy. It is Gavin Stewart, who Kevin, we talked about in episode 18. He is a Bravo celebrity who was on a show called Camp Getaway as a social coordinator at this adult summer camp. 
And there's some connection between him and Kyle Neptune. And so Swoon's worlds colliding, it's bound to happen. This is a very long-standing show we're running here. So I just think this is crazy. Wow. I have uh, such a yeah. renewed confidence for this team and this program. Whew. Wonderful. Kyle Neptune. Famous person name too. Out of this world was a good pun. I had myself muted, but that was a good pun. I was laughing. Thank you. I prepped a lot for this one. <laughs> Emma, do you have any thoughts on that? I hope this guy can turn around Fordham basketball because there's a lot of history with Fordham basketball, I feel like, and there's just been a ugh, just a decline. And I like how Jay Wright said the ability to communicate with young people because I must admit the other coach did not give off that vibe. And I, I mean, the coach that's what you're supposed to be as a coach. You're supposed to be like almost like a parent slash father figure them. And I think that's what they need. I, I'm excited to see what coach Neptune does with the board of basketball. Me too. Go Rams. Go Rams. So wounding. Coach Neptune. Is it my turn? Yes. Okay. My soon of the week is Lily Trufilio of Beach Bunny fame, the band Beach Bunny. Mm. Her song Cloud Nine is blowing up on TikTok right now. And I love to see it because there's always a bittersweetness that comes with finding a smaller band and then they blow up. And I can't claim to be a Beach Bunny stan, as the kids say, for a long time. I found them during the summer. But I think she's a wonderful songwriter. She seems like a wonderful person. And since I've found the band, Many of her songs, about three to four songs, have just rocketed into my soul during the months. So found her last summer. Some great. I think that's when I found Cloud Nine. I found the song April, which I recommend listening to because it's April now. I recommend her song Six Weeks, which is a it's a sad song. I mean, it's about breakup, but I think it's I heard in an interview that it was the first song she ever wrote. And I think her first verse, I mean, the whole song is wonderful, but the first verse is perfect. And I don't use that lightly. It is a perfect verse. It hits me in the feels. And she has a song called February, but six weeks got me. The song six weeks got me through this past February. And she's just a wonderful songwriter. And I've just been really enjoying their discography. They just released a new EP. Go listen to it. Blame game. And just discography, any song is is a banger i mean i don't know how else to put it it's just a banger an emotional banger so ups and downs okay and i just love the band so i'm excited to see where their career goes i'm excited to learn more about the band and uh see how this unique rocket to fame in the middle of quarantine how that acts like they're kind of one of the first bands that i'm witnessing blow up in quarantine so i'm excited to see how it happens when they go back into the limelight in person i love that that's a great pick yeah. That was a great round, you guys. We love to swoon. Let's move on to a little bit of content catch up. Emma, what have you been watching, reading, listening to? I have been reading my textbook for graduate school. And I know that sounds super lame, but also it's just really interesting. And, you know, in undergrad, it's like, all right, you just read the textbook to do the homework or blah, blah, blah. I never really like fully processed what I was reading. So I definitely want to take a different approach. So 
the class that I'm in right now is called human growth and development and the textbook is called human growth and development as well so it's really interesting just to have this perspective on development through the life stages and I think that's super interesting and in learning about all the different theories and I find myself not particularly judging people but just trying to like understand where they come from better and like how I would not diagnose them but how in the future this might affect them so which I think that's the whole point of graduate school because that's what I will be doing but um anyway it's just been fun you know to read my textbook every weekend out on the porch <laughs> it's been nice I mean I think that shows that you really enjoy the subject matter I've never heard anyone recommend a textbook before but I that's wonderful genuinely yes that that's the weird thing it like reads like a novel it's very very interesting I have a question for you Emma oh my gosh yeah is there and it's okay if you don't have like a solid answer it's just something that popped up into my head when you were talking about it is there like one thing that you learned about human growth and development that like hasn't left your head since that you're like now I think about this first when I meet a person or experience a thing because there's something too attachment styles attachment styles tell me more about attachment styles so it really (laughs) starts when you're a baby they say the mother figure but of course it's mostly your primary caregiver so I'll just say primary caregiver it really depends on their ability to meet your needs for example a baby they're whining or crying because they want food or they just want attention. Unfortunately, there are situations where a lot of babies don't get that from their mother and it's basically called mirroring. So the baby will test the mother or their primary caregiver to see if they will ultimately meet their needs. So there's these different attachment styles where, for example, like anxious avoidant or something like that, The baby, when they're separated from the mother or the primary caregiver, they're they're very anxious, but when they come back, they can't be calmed down. But anyways, the basis is like, because your needs are not being met. And I think it's really interesting that you take these attachment styles and then you can make, you can turn it into adult attachment styles, particularly with like relationships Mm -hmm. as in, well, if as a baby, you didn't get your needs met, you're more inclined to not trust people later on in life or be vulnerable. Attachment styles. Also with love and like relationships, I think that's really interesting as well. Yeah. No, I I love that. That's very interesting. Thank you for sharing that. I could do like a whole episode on that. I didn't explain that quite well, but anyway, the basis is needs in primary caregiver. Attachment styles, turning into adult attachment styles, yeah, it's really great. You seem very passionate about it. And I'm also very interested. So maybe I'll pick up the textbook. It does seem like a, a responsibility that has been thrust upon you as you continue to learn about this. And it was interesting. You're trying to do this, become educated to be a helper in this world and like help people. But now you have your own like internal struggle. You learn these things and you're kind of struggling to find a word to describe how you're seeing it in your life. You're like, am I judging someone? Am I analyzing them everything kind of seems a little too much or too scientific but that's part of like that's a talking about barriers like these are the internal struggles we got to learn when we're educating ourselves it's hard 
So, yeah, great. and that's also like a big thing that we're learning too. It's like, how do you also take care of yourself during this? Because it is a really intense profession. So like, how do you do this? And then also we have to try to limit what they call counter-transference. So it's like, whatever you're feeling, you don't want to put upon another, like your client. That's definitely a huge like theme um, within this program. It's like also understanding what you need as like a counselor so that you can provide the best information and best help. So you gotta be mentally okay to help people, so. That's great. And I would love to do like a deep dive episode as well, Emma, because I feel like we really dive into this and I think it would be very illuminating for all of us. Lovely. Kev, how about you? What are you content-wise watching, reading, listening to? Actually, I brought this book down. I'm on like the last 10 pages, Patty Smith, the legendary musician here, but she's also a writer and a very good one. I'm about done with her book, Year of the Monkey. In the Lunar New Year, Year of the Monkey was 2016. So I think it lived up to the rambunctiousness of a of a monkey that year. I mean, the election, I think we were freshmen and sophomore in college. There was a lot of topsy-turviness of it. Yeah. So re- reflecting on that period of time through the lens of a poet-musician thought leader of Patti Smith has been really great. I'm almost done. And I like the end of this book just keeps having these, like these streams of epilogues after epilogues because she just keeps adding on like, okay, now this is getting printed in 2019. It's February mm-hmm. of 20, or no, I'm sorry, February of 2020. Like, obviously I got to add some stuff on to the end of this. So there's just like endless hmm. uh, epilogues as she approaches another election and coronavirus gets more ubiquitous. So 2020 I believe was the year of the rat and I liked how she phrases that where she's walking down a Manhattan street as it seems like the world is beginning to end on the onset of coronavirus and she's seeing all this construction in New York City and they're pulling up and tearing down these old old buildings and these old old buildings are full of rats I mean that's what happens when you knock down a building in New York City and they come up and then they like tear open these garbage bags and that there's garbage all over the place and you're like wow what is happening like life wasn't always like this but she's phrasing in that we're going through this transitionary period where we're tearing up old establishments and that could be really good but when you do that you unleash the dark underbelly the rats that lie beneath and rats are really resilient so you can find power in that but you also have to deal with that so I think it's just been a really good book. I've taken my time reading it. It's very dreamy and poetic. So we're getting a book club here. I'll throw Year of the Monkey on to the book club as well. Love really liked it. it. Yeah. I'm struck by how it's like this living, breathing document of sorts that keeps getting added to because you just normally think like you close a book and you're done. And that's like a time capsule of a 2016 mindset. But it's interesting, I guess, especially from a reflection standpoint, to look back on that and read it, knowing everything we know now and seeing the authors. Cause I think that's the feeling that I get sometimes when you're reading books like this is like, okay, but what would they say about what's happening right now? So it's cool that you get that all in one, you know, fell swoop. That's great. Yeah. It's like I was holding Patty Smith's 2016 journal. So it's very intimate and very much in her head. And it's really, it's really well-written. I liked it. I've enjoyed it. Very interesting. Thank you for sharing Kevin. We got some heavy, heavy hitters today, you guys. You didn't mess around, and I appreciate that. 
I have an, another interesting, this is a podcast episode that I want to tell you guys about for my content this week. It's an episode of The Cut, which I think is a phenomenal show. It's always very well done. And I appreciate that it's all over the map because that's what our show is. So I like the idea of not really having a theme and you could talk about whatever you want to and still put a good show together. So that's been ins- inspirational to me. But last week's episode was an episode called Why Bother Being Nice? And they were talking about essentially the construct of niceness and breaking down nice versus kind and where almost performative politeness comes into it. They talked a lot about gendered niceness and how women have to be a certain type of nice that men do not have to be, generally speaking, and they got into all of that. And they talked to Jonathan Van Ness, who I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, of like Queer Eye fame. And Jonathan was talking, they're known for just being this overwhelmingly nice person and now public figure. And nobody's like that all the time. So they were really breaking down what it's like to kind of turn on your niceness and how to maintain your niceness. And I've just been thinking a lot about it. So I'm wondering, I don't know if you guys have any initial reactions to like being nice. (laughs) The main thing that I think it brought up for me was that generally speaking, we should all try to be nice. Like the world would be better if people were nice. But when I'm thinking about it through my feminist lens, which I've been trying to look through more. And if we're going back to our Killjoy episode, which is an episode the three of us did, niceness can only get you so far. So I think it's very productive to leave your niceness at certain doors, but which doors are they? And what, like, it's just, it's really been throwing me for a bit of a loop. And I've been thinking about it for the a while and I just want to get your thoughts what do you think about niceness I think I would prefer to use the word kind I don't know kind for me is more like instinctual and empathetic and that is like your true self whereas nice um what you were kind of mentioning is like you turn it on or it's just like oh you're nice like okay but also you don't have to be nice blah 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 etc but I think kindness it's innate No, I'm glad that you brought that up because an example that they used is this tweet that went viral recently that said people on the West Coast are nice, but they're not kind. And people on the East Coast are kind, but they're not nice. And they were talking about, like, think about New York City. People probably aren't going to be nice to you in an elevator. Like, you're not going to make polite small talk. But, like, if you fall down, they might be like, oh, idiot, watch where you're going. But, like, they'll hand you an ice pack was kind of, like, the argument that was made. Like, at their core, and, of course, like, this is also a big generalization, but culturally speaking, kindness is valued more on the East Coast, whereas niceness, this performative slap on a smile and make people think that you are nice, happy, good on the West Coast which I thought was interesting. So they they broke that down. So if you're interested, you could listen to that too. It's interesting. But I agree. I think if you had to pick one, kind would probably be the way to go. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, a really good uh, amendment, Emma. Nice does sound a little shallow of an emotion. I mean, it does, it is a really nice thing. But <laughs> when you say that was a nice thing to do, I mean, this is that wasn't a world bending thing or you didn't have to, quote unquote, bend over backwards for someone. But I think that's where kindness comes in is that it's really deeply rooted and it's a type of, it's a way of living. So I really like that. Reflections off of everything. I really also like the cut. 
I think it's a fantastic podcast. I learn so much every time I watch or listen rather. I've been personally trying to think about this a lot more as well, because I've been trying to be more compassionate and thinking about it in terms of Emma, when you brought up seeing someone act in a certain way, then you have this innate judgment that comes inside you and you need to become understanding. You have to work to be compassionate. So I'm working to be compassionate because I think that's what's going to get us through these tough barriers, tough years, years of the bull, years of the rat um, is finding compassion and like reaching out with a sense of compassion. But that's really hard. Like it hurts a lot because you have to open up your heart to people that are mean. (laughs) They're not nice or kind. Like they can be really mean to you and they can stamp on your heart or even the people that are kind, you love them. And then even love is hurts a lot sometimes. So it's hard to do that. And it could be so easy to just like harden my own heart, but then that hurts even more. So that's why I think I've been reflecting on this idea of hitting barriers to realize that you're moving is because it's taking a lot of work. It takes time. And then when you open up your heart to other people, it hurts a lot. But when you get hurt, oftentimes it means you're moving. Sometimes it means that you made a mistake and hopefully we can learn from it. So I'm trying to learn from these mistakes I'm making, but just trying to like balance being compassionate, being kind, like what that means. Mm -hmm. But also I have found that I think I have gotten a little bit maybe meaner, but not on purpose. Like I do find that I'm really comfortable saying no to things now and just being like, no, I'm not going to do that. Or no, I don't like that thing. But saying I don't like that is really important because that shows what you do like and creates like your own boundaries to who you are as a person. But when you say no to someone or no, I don't like that, then that person is like, whoa, you're mean. You're not nice. Well, I'm like, well, sorry, I don't like the thing. So if you want, if you're kind, then you'll acknowledge that. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I do that too. I, I have to learn. And I like when people set clear boundaries for myself because I know it's hard. I've been trying to do that more now. Those are my reflections. Those are some great reflections. And you kind of came to the same conclusion that they did in the episode, which is that ultimately nice is kind of this meaningless construct. And they posed the question to the audience, why not think instead in terms of compassion or in terms of generosity, something not tangible because it's not, but like more tactile that you can point to and say, that is a good example of compassion because that you can act on that. You can't really act on being nice in any real meaningful way. So I've just been thinking about it a lot and mm. I'm glad, I'm glad that we got to talk about it a little bit. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to hold that in the back of my head for a while. So that might come back up. <laughs> a couple, give give <laughs> yeah. us a couple months. He'll be back. We'll talk about it again. Yeah. I'm talking later in the time, episode. Though. Oh, okay. I'm so Kevin. Like it's, it could take like your, I feel like it could almost take, take your whole life. I don't know, which is a scary thought and kind of just like, Oh man. But to your point, it's these steps that will make you feel at peace with it yeah and I think ultimately it's very liberating I think there's something liberating about witnessing your own growth and acknowledging that maybe you're not where you want to be right now but looking ahead you can get there because you've seen how far you've come already I think there's something really empowering about that yeah I mean you both oh wow that was psychedelic almost you just told both like Emma was talking about the future and Rachel you're talking about the past like looking backwards at where you've came and then Emma's looking forward and I just got like caught in this fourth dimensional cross beam <laughs> right through the heart. <laughs> Jesus Christ, leaving fourth dimensionally. 
uh, <laughs> what we do, wow. Kevin. <laughs> yeah, we are a fourth dimensional podcast. I think that's really that's really true, and I think they almost complement one another. Emma, what you're saying, like you gotta be, if you want to be kind, you gotta do it every day. And every day you wake up and you're like, oh my god, I gotta be kind again. I have to like be real and like learn. It's hard and it hurts a lot. But then to like, how do you get through that? How do you get through that barrier? You look backwards, like Rachel said, and you see how far you've come. Because I used to be a snot-nosed kid that became an ungrateful teenager. And now I'm like a 24-year-old, almost 24-year-old. I guess I will when this episode comes out. That's what we're all here for, right? (laughs) And uh, yeah, then when I'm 27, I'm going to be like, man, when I was 24, I was a fool. I think that's what I'll be. I don't think I'm snot-nosed. I don't think I'm ungrateful. (laughs) I think I'm a, like a wise fool, very sophomoric um, yeah. right now. Yeah. And I'm also glad that you, we've been talking about barriers a lot. And through those conversation, boundaries, setting boundaries has come up a couple times in this conversation. And that is what we will round out with here tonight. But first, Kevin, as with the tradition of the Her Life blogcast, when it is a birthday special, which it very much is, we must read your horoscope for April 2021 for you and Aries. Double Aries. Yes. According to CoStar. Oh, wow. That's very impressive. Thank you. I'm happy for you. (laughs) Okay. Here is your horoscope. Feel free to react or not. There are no rules. Okay. This month, you're opting not to wear your passions on your sleeve and dive into your fiery sentiments when expressing yourself. I'm pausing for reaction in case there is one. I'll do that at the end of each sentence. Okay, okay. I like um, already off the bat. I like the fire, fire sign. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I think a, I think I have a fire in my soul. So I like that. Okay. But I'm not doing that. Is that what it says? I'm not wearing my passions on my sleeve. You're opting not to. Interesting. Okay, moving along. Don't get us wrong. It'll be hard to hold your thoughts back when Mercury aligns with your sun on April third. Yeah. However. <laughs> The new moon on April 11th, the day mm. of this release, wow. coupled with Mars's entrance into Cancer on April 23rd, will make you realize, our reflection, realize, nice. that there are better ways to let your feelings be known. Oh, I mean, I did have a pretty rocky April 3rd. D- is that true? I mean, yeah, yeah, it was... Uh... It was fiery to say the least. And you know, fire is life, but fire can get you burned. Yes, so I burn myself. I burn myself. And that's the age old question. Do you know that fire burns you, you by touching it or just innately? And let's yeah. say I touch the fire and you're like, ah, he touched the fire. Ooh, don't do that again, Kevin. Moving right along. Venus's movement into Taurus on April 14th gives you the opportunity to wait for it, set boundaries with those you love, wow. and yourself. Hmm. As long as you hold yourself accountable for your actions and uphold the limits you've created with others, you'll be able to avoid conflict during the super full moon on April 26th. Super full moon. Super full moon. That'd be a great band name. Super, super full moon. moon. Yeah. Super full moon. Is that, is that the horoscope? Has it concluded? That's it. Wow. Well, how do you how do you guys feel about that? I think you 
pretty like in every section we did in this podcast thus far I feel like you touched upon like a few aspects of your horoscope and you didn't read this correct I I I didn't read this before this is the first time I'm hearing this I really if talking about looking back on my past selves if my like 17 year old self heard me like talking about being a double Aries with a Libra rising and like taking my horoscope really seriously and being like wow that's so true he'd be like what the hell are you talking about Kevin and I'd be like that's such an Aries thing of you to say younger Kevin you have no idea yeah with a fool (laughs) comes the 27 year old Kevin (laughs) Uh, just wearing an Aries shirt on his sleeve wow I feel validated sometimes I feel validated I I like reading my horoscope I I think I've really fallen into it during um quarantine because there's little wisdoms little personalized wisdoms and who doesn't love personalized wisdoms right lovely exactly as a final question to you kevin and for emma too if you would like to weigh in let's just give a little concrete advice perhaps to anyone who might be listening and to each other about boundary setting how do you know when it's time to set a boundary and what do you do to set that boundary so my thought initially i put myself in like a work situation And initially, when things were really like busy, etc, I was taking more of a reactive approach to it rather than a proactive approach to it. So as I kind of plan out my schedule or projects, etc, like I kind of understand, I have a better sense, etc. But my also thought is, it's like, you're never going to know when things are going to stop you'd never know when things are just gonna calm down etc so you have to make it a priority for yourself to just set a date for yourself to take off or even time of day just to step outside and go for a run with coach Bennett or something like that it's like you just never know when it's gonna calm down so you have to take the proactive approach and just I hate the phrase but make it happen happen. (laughs) oh I really like that I had to do that earlier this week especially with a shortened holiday weekend I felt a little compressed during work so I had to listen to an album that I really like because there's it's full of wisdoms another shout out uh, the album tell me how you really feel by Courtney Barnett and it opens with a song called hopefulness and there's so amazing lines in there but one of them is just get this one done then you can move along and you just tell yourself that all the time like once I finish this report then i'll move along once i finish this and this and this and emma like you said it it could never end and that's scary you can just do that for your whole life if you're not careful so oh that was a good reminder because kind of going back to what we were saying before i've gotten more comfortable setting my own boundaries saying no to things saying i don't like things because Mm -hmm. i know what i do like which i i think i've always had a pretty good sense of self and a positive self-image which really helps with that but I'm not really sh- like, I don't have a like set way of knowing when to set boundaries, but I find that I'm good at them. And I think that I really have a strong like gut reactions to things. And I found that when I trust my gut, it usually leads me in the right direction. And when I don't, I ignore it. Like I know those moments that I ignore it and I do it like once, twice, three times I get burned. I touch the fire mm-hmm. and I get burned. So I wish I had like s- advice, but it's just like, personally, I just like trust my gut. So do you, do you two have experiences like that? Like, do you feel like you have a strong intuition or gut reactions where you're like, oh, I know I should do this. 
Yes. And this brings up another point that I was wondering if it was going to pop up and now it has. I also thought of this question in terms of romantic relationships. And this is something Mm. that Emma and I spoke about recently because it's a thing that I realized that I do as a means by which to push people away, specifically boys that I don't want to talk to anymore. So I feel like when my I guess boundaries are being crossed instead of addressing it in an explicit and maybe like more mature way. I react instead of addressing the issue. I just like start to be a little bitchy. And that's just a thing I've noticed about myself, which is like a flaw, but I feel like it sort of comes out of a defense mechanism. It's like, it's, I also think it's because one of my favorite movies is how to lose a guy in 10 days. So I was like, Oh, I'm not about to end this. Like I'm going to make you end it. And then I just become like a meaner version of myself and I don't like her. And I don't want the, that to be like the lasting note of the relationship because I think you learn a lot from all kinds of relationships, but I noticed it recently happening when I feel like, I don't know when I'm being disrespected in some way, I was like, Oh, watch me do it to you, but worse. And that's no good. Emma, I'd love to hear maybe your more clinical approach to this, but I think, Rachel, I mean, it's not great. It's we not. Know that. It's not great. <laughs> but I think it's also, it's understandable, right? Like we all want to be seen. We all want to feel seen and like have someone see our sense of self that we see ourselves in. And when our boundaries are being crossed, like we wish that the people that we're wanting to care more about or fall in love with see that like that we want them to intuit that we're like not doing too good and when someone does like kind of pick up on these unsaid things like hey are you not feeling too great or like did i cross a boundary there it feels really good and validating because you're like oh this person knows me Mm -hmm. and i think that's like you said it could be a defense mechanism like your boundaries are crossed and you can go and like have a sit down one-on-one talk about it but that doesn't seem very romantic that doesn't seem like what a marriage of however many years does like they know each other and like you kind of have to act out to have someone get a reaction back to you i think it's i think it's props to you for like recognizing this pattern of behavior and that's how it gets bettered right yeah. and to go back to kevin's point like your initial question i think my thing is a lot of those situations could have been avoided if i trusted my gut and listened to myself like i knew yeah. that that person wasn't my person and i let it go further than it maybe should have and then to like overcorrect I just like become a different person and yeah oh wow this is my brain is flowing right now (laughs) I feel like that's that's a line that's been bouncing around in my head like the idea like that's ego how could you do this to me but I think it's important to like in a relationship to let go of your ego because I found Another realization, huge realization, probably the bigger realization than what I thought of before, which is that the phrase, it's not about me. And I've just been thinking about that like so much recently. It's not about me. Like most of life, like so much, most of life is not about me. But then that makes me ask the question like, okay, then what is about me? When is me time? When is Kevin time? When is the time where I get seen and I establish who I am? It's a virtue. Like it's talking about Libra balance. You gotta find the balance of like giving yourself too much away and like finding, like crawling, receding too much into yourself, which I find that I do on that side more crawling into my Aries fiery noggin. (laughs) I got to crawl out sometimes, find the balance, (laughs) not take things so personally. It's not about you, Kevin. It's not about me. (laughs) 
<laughs> Happy but you birthday. Know, you know what is about Kevin? <laughs> what? This episode. The Kevin birthday special. <laughs> I didn't even, I forgot it was even that. I was... I can't believe I ended on it's not about me. And it's I think literally that's, about you. <laughs> if I could say something, if I can say something genuine here, I, I think that, wow, I had this in my notes in that I don't like I, I think I project this idea of aloofness and like out of touch with my feelings. And I think in a way I do. I think I convince myself I am that person. And when it comes to birthdays, I like really downplay it. I'm like, it's just another day. Everyone's got a birthday. Why is mine special? But I must say that both of you make an effort to make my birthday special. And it makes me feel seen every year I've known you. You've done, you've got me a card and even gifts. And it really, I really do appreciate it. So the aloofness, emotionally distant Kevin facade (laughs) has been taken down for a moment to say, thank you very much. Like, I really do appreciate it from the bottom of my heart that I appreciate. So thank you for having this episode and for being each of you. Very nice. We did it, Emma. We cracked him. <laughs> <laughs> I feel a little emotion. I know. <laughs> Kevin. How did you we'll do play it? your bachelor party next? <laughs> wow. Wow. Crazy. Is Kevin engaged? <laughs> I'm engaged. I'm engaged, guys. Isn't that crazy? All right. We can't do a bit. We do not have time for a bit right now. David. <laughs> Come on. Really? I know we're about to get into it. Real it just one bit. We can't do it. We <laughs> have to wrap up. No, but I think we've had some very lovely conversations today, you guys. This was a good, another strong episode from, from this group. Oh, yeah. Very proud. Feel empowered. Does anyone have any closing remarks before I do my sign off? Happy birthday. <laughs> Take your pay time off. Take your <laughs> <Yeah>. time off. <laughs> to celebrate kevin's birthday no (laughs) all right if you like what you're hearing make sure to follow us on spotify or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts a rate and review would be so great you can find us on instagram at her.blog.life you can find blog posts at herbloglife.online for behind the scenes videos of recordings like this one just search rachel malik and find my channel on youtube be sure to subscribe there as well that's all we got thank you for listening we will see you next sunday for another episode i'm emma spoldy I am Kevin V. And I'm Rachel Malik. (laughs) This has been the Her Life Blogcast.